In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Ciao. We are at the end of the year. I finally finished this recap episode for y'all, where y'all get to hear gems from some of my favorite episodes. So I just love doing this episode because I'm just like, wow, I interviewed so many women and all of them just dropped so many gems that you can use every day throughout your life. So I really can't wait for you guys to hear this. And also, your girl is in her fourth bookstore. So we have one that is located in downtown Brooklyn. and this- the fourth one is located in Nashville, Tennessee. So I would include more details, but I'm super excited. I'm, It's been a long year, but it has been a long and good year. So as always, thank y'all so much for supporting the kid. I really do appreciate y'all. And I really do hope y'all enjoy this recap of 2021. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome. You are now listening to... The professional, professional, 
professional homegirls. It's the kid Ebene from the PhD podcast, the only place where you would hear interviews from Black women anonymously on stories that would enlighten and expand on taboo topics. Now, if you hear someone that sounds familiar, mind the business that pays you, child. If you like the PhD podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please, five-star reviews only. Hold me down. Don't hold me up. Merch is now available on the site as well as my book list, so please make sure you visit the link in the show notes below. You can connect with the kid on Instagram at The Professional Homegirl and at The PhD Podcast. If you are on Twitter, please follow me at The PhD Podcast. Now, if you are all caught up with episodes, listen to the bonus episodes by supporting the PhD Podcast Patreon account. To support, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash The PhD Podcast. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous, so let's begin this week's episode. I know you have a relationship with God, but what would your advice be to those who don't really know God for themselves when it comes to overcoming this addiction or addictions? Um, addictions. For me personally, I would say my my relationship with God is what literally helped me break free from it. Um, and I found that I couldn't do it in my flesh and it was literally through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But for um, those who don't have a relationship with God... Um, I would say that, you know, take every day as it at, at a time. Um, don't look, I always say, don't look at yesterday. Don't think about tomorrow. Just take every day at a time. For mm-hmm. me, like, I can't really speak without including God. I can't really speak without including Jesus because for me personally, that is the only reason why I can say that I'm free mm-hmm. from it because I have experienced what it was like to be addicted and not be saved and I knew that for me personally that I wasn't able to overcome in my own strength at all and it was only when I began to surrender to God after I got saved that I was able to be free once and for all because it was his strength and not my own Mm. um I would say that um accountability can really help and just having that long-term help and support from people around you Mm -hmm. I noticed that you said that people treat you differently now since you do have lighter skin. Yeah, so that's that's the one thing that I definitely noticed. And it's it's actually kind of weird. I, I would say I, in terms of... I think it's disgusting, to be honest with you. It's, it's disgusting. And yeah. it's, it's, the worst part is it's, it's mostly from Black people, mostly Black men. Mm-hmm. So I would say when I had a darker skin tone, I I didn't get a lot of reception from Black men as much as I do now that I have a lighter skin tone and it's kind of upsetting because nothing's really changed about me. I mean, yeah, I've had some cosmetic procedures here and there, but even when I didn't have those and I was just lighter, that's where I saw the biggest difference in how they would talk to me and, you know, things like that, just even walking down the street. So it's weird because Mm -hmm. I'm still in the same body and I'm still the same person, but just, how I've been treated, been treated, or if the words are kinder and a little bit nicer, and not a- it's it's messed up. It really is. But that gotta mess with your psyche just a little bit, because I know that I'd probably be like, "Well, damn, was I not good enough being dark skinned <laughs> Yeah. So that's that's definitely something that I, I always think about. Like even for example, like going into a club before I was lighter, I would remember like even like where I was, like they they would sit, they would look at me a little bit longer and try to decide if they're going to let me in, even though I feel like I'm the same person mm-hmm. or, but now it's, it's completely different. And 
I don't understand why that's the mental shift. You yeah. know, I was reading your sister's um because you had every pretty much every person in your family write a letter to you in the book, and I was reading what your sisters were saying about you, and it was like you was that girl. Oh, I was that girl. I I was TV stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, my life. Put it like this: when I got clean, my sister came down, and I was in treatment at that time, and she took me shopping, and we were going to buy underclothes, and she said, "What size you wear?" I said, "I don't know." Mm, I and remember that. Said, what you talking about? I said, I've never bought my own clothes. And she's mm. like, what the hell? What the heck? <laughs> so I, I, especially all I had to say is I want a blue dress. And when I came home, there was 20 blue dresses hanging around the house. Mm. Or, you know, when I got a meat coat, she got a meat coat. So mm. I, I didn't know. There was a lot I did not know. So when I got clean at, what, 31, 32, life began for me. That's when mm-hmm. I started living mm-hmm. because, you know, and, and I'm going to say this too. I would do everything I did over again. Mm-hmm. People go, you're crazy. No, because that's my journey. That's my story. So mm-hmm. you can't take a person's story from them. Everybody has the right, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, to have their story. Mm-hmm. And 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 so God made that my story. Even me wrapping my body with dope, getting on the plane like I own the plane, getting to <laughs> Detroit, <laughs> getting to Detroit. I can't leave Detroit because the guy I'm bringing it to, they trying to kill him. <laughs> right. So I'm, so I'm like, I, I'm up out of here. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I got to go. So it is what it is. I, I, I hate seeing, let me read you the filth. This is not what this is about. Why do you need to snatch somebody's edges over reading? Like, relax. <laughs> do, do, the reading. <laughs> do the reading and chill the fuck out. Like, right. I know oh, you can curse. Get the shit off. <laughs> yeah, like, I cannot. Like, I can't take it. This is about helping people. It's not about breaking them down. Right. Do you feel like psychics are the new wellness coaches? Hmm. Or people under this umbrella? That's interesting. I only say it's interesting and I can agree with that in a sense um, because I think people have gotten tired of respecting medicine. Mm. Um, I think people are now saying, hey, this is not working for me. Let me try this. Right. Um, let me meditate. Let me take shadow work. You know, I offer that to my own clients and it changes their life. And they've been to plenty of therapists. A lot mm. of them are on medication. You know what I'm saying? And it has not worked. So, yeah, I do believe that. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, one, one, one of the ways that I give my introduction of myself is I um, give a little testimony in terms of how the bias family, what I learned, what I learned about life, and that is that we are all in a time of the good life. And when we're in the good life, we think that everything should be well. But what I learned is that there are levels in the good life that Mm -hmm. we still should be grateful for. Because when you're in the good life, you don't realize that even when everything isn't going the way you want it to go, 
you don't realize that you were in the good life until the second thing comes, and that's the nightmare. And the nightmare is where you can't breathe, you can't think, you you can't imagine um, how did this happen to me. And just looking at our current events, when we look at Miami, Florida, with the collapse of the condo, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden people were doing life and then the nightmare comes and that's where the unthinkable happens and you you keep trying to wake up from this dream. You keep shaking yourself and shaking yourself, but the dream continues on. So what I like to share in terms of taking life's lemons and make lemonade is that we all have lemons in our lives. We have things that we don't like, but those lemons, if you use them, but in, in the right way, I was on an interview with someone earlier and they gave the analogy that when years ago, the lemons and I'm sorry, um, the lemon and the uh, sugar go together it used to be a remedy years ago when people weren't feeling well or like me when they have a cough or something like that. So the lemon and the sugar goes together and that's the balance that is in life. And we think sometimes today that there is a place that we can find in life where I won't have to deal with anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, These challenges won't happen to me. I can avoid the pitfalls that that people are going through. But the reality is, is that life will find you. You cannot hide from life. Money can't do it. Position can't do it. Life will catch up with you. Now, it may not be publicly like it was with me, but um, in the deaths of my two sons, but life will catch up with you in other areas of your life that you're dealing with. So we have the good life. We have the nightmare. And the fourth point is life after death. And, and life after death means that how do I gather the pieces together? My God, how do I start over? How do I even get my mind in a place where, where I can think to move on? Mm-hmm. How, how can I do that? And, and then when, when some people like to rush the process, oh, no, I can get over this. I can keep it moving. But as I said earlier, if you don't deal with life, life will deal with you. And it takes the time that it takes to go through these processes that are required for us to rebuild and refocus and reset mm-hmm. and move on. And the four- So I know like any other marriage, y'all probably had y'all issues, but were there any red flags that you overlooked? Oh, if I'm honest, which I try to be, I, there's a lot of um, red flags to overlook. Mm-hmm. Like, I looked over, it's crazy because I was just talking to my uh, my friend Erica, and I was talking about the things I looked up from when, even when we were younger, and my mom used to tell me uh, that he feels like he's better than you. You need to be careful with him. He feels like he's better than you. Like, our backgrounds were um, very different. He kind of grew up, like, middle class. You know, I grew up in the hood and all that good stuff. And, um, like, even then, like, starting really early, like, the way he would treat me would kind of show me that he kind of felt 
and he was kind of doing me a favor being with me. But mm-hmm. when you don't have, like, a sense of self-worth and your identity is kind of, like, tied to being with this person, like, my life became about shifting and shaping to the person that he wanted me to be so I could fit inside this box and, and be with him. Like, it was very important for me to be with him. I mean, the last couple of weeks I've had time to reflect on it, but that's the space that I was in at the time. So it wasn't, like, self-worth wasn't wasn't a thing, like, for me initially. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, it was tied to him, so... If I can change and be who he wants me to be and then he wants me, then everything is right in the world. And this is kind of like the space that I operated in, unfortunately. So it was a lot of stuff I ignored. And I also, because I was going through your post and I saw that you mentioned that your husband was the first male outside of your family to tell you that he loved you. So do you think at one point that you validated your self-worth from other people, especially men, since you wasn't receiving it from home? Yeah. I mean, I grew up without my dad, so um, like the issue started like really early for me. So like, I grew up without my dad on top of being molested by um by a male in my family. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I was always kind of chasing worth and validation from from men, especially. And do you think that because you've been through so much? I mean, I've been through a lot too, so I can only imagine the things that you've been through. How exhausting it is. You think you just might be tired? <laughs> Girl, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You think that might be a reason why you may that you may be in this relationship? Um I mean I know you love him. I'm not gonna take away from that. Girl. Tired ain't even the word. Um (laughs) Right. And after so much it's not even being tired, it's just it's just being fed up. You don't wanna sit there and have to deal with somebody else's bullshit. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go to the next guy for him to tell you he's got seven kids, um, ten baby mamas, and you got to deal with all the baby mamas and the drama with that, and going in and out of jail because this girl want to fight you or calling you in the middle of the night. I don't. I'm. I'm good. <laughs> right. I'm so good. I don't want to go through nothing else in life, and I'm already still just you know still going through it. So do you trust him? Absolutely not. <laughs> now you know that sounds crazy, right? <laughs> I, and by all means, I understand. <laughs> but after what I've been through with this man, I'd be a damn fool to trust him. So, <laughs> right? No, I don't trust him. Um, honestly, do I think this marriage will last? No, I don't. Mm. Um, Am I going to give it my all to try to make it last? Yes. I think you have already. Yeah, I have. And Did your family ever encourage you not to identify as a person of color? Because I know y'all Dominicans are very proud of where y'all come from. Yes, we're very proud, but we're also very colorist. A lot of colorism in the Dominican community. So... You know, like, my dad, he says he's a white Dominican. Mm. He says I'm a white Dominican. Um, and, yeah, like, I have aunts and stuff that are like, no, you're not, right? So here we, it's so, right? like, it's so complex. There's different, depending on the person and stuff. But because of colorism, there is a piece of, like, people encouraging it, right? Of, like... Oh yeah, you white. Oh yeah, you're you're you know you're so pretty because you white. You have good hair. So that and is what, very new. 
And what about the family members that's dark in your family? How do they feel about it? Yeah, I mean, that's also been a source of, of pain, you know, like growing up with my cousins that like were told they had the bad hair or like I was told more often that I was pretty or that I was smart. Um, so that's a source of pain so that it and then because of that, I was like bullied and you know, because I, I was different, but it was because the, the adults like encouraging me and celebrating the fact that I was white passing. I have a question for you because I feel sure. like when people talk about suicide, uh-huh. people don't look at it from that aspect of like, you know, a person needing assistance with things mm-hmm. or they just really going through it because sometimes life is just that fucking hard. Yeah. So what are your thoughts when people say that when people take their lives away that they're mm-hmm. selfish or they're mm-hmm. not considerate? Like, how do you feel about that? I understand because I felt that way at certain points throughout my grieving process and I'm still going through the grieving process right because I you never fully I think you I always think go it. through the grieving yeah, process yeah right yeah. um and so I understand at you know at first I was angry at my dad for that exact yeah. reason like why why did you make this decision you know like you had a choice right suicide is a choice but then you know I, now that I'm older and I understand mm-hmm. mental health and I understand the imbalance in your brain, I understand, you know, and also just kind of going through my own journey with my own mental health and my own, you know, struggles I go through. I can understand how someone Same. can get to that point, right? Especially being a black man or just yeah. a black person. <laughs> right. Ex- right. Exactly. So I just try to give people as much understanding i mean this is not a thing to say like oh yeah suicide's the answer because it's still never the answer right right um but i've learned to give my dad grace and understand that many i would say 99 to 100, probably even 99.9 percent of the people that commit suicide that's not the decision that they would have liked if they were in the right state of mind you know like for the fact that someone took their own life, something really internally must have been going wrong. And if, right. you know, they were there properly, that wouldn't have been the decision that they would have made. So, I mean, I don't really try to think about it as much anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it is what it is at this point. But, I mean, I can understand why people take it as selfish because you do leave behind a bunch of people that miss you. You leave, now everyone's mourning, you know, now everyone has to go to your funeral and know that this could have been avoided. So I get it, but, right, you know, life is tough. And, you know. Specific years and stuff like that. I like to look at the planet. So I know for sure um, Jupiter is moving into Pisces in 2022. So um, I personally feel like a lot of people's money in 2022 like you still gonna see this like surge of people getting deeper into spirituality or just um focusing more on side hustles right to supplement their income people trying to save more like I kind of just feel like it's going to be one of those coming of age years. Like it's going to be like another major turning point, like how COVID was a major turning point, right? 2020, mm-hmm. like it set a completely different scene or like energy from 2019, right? Because 2019, girl, everybody was like, 
everybody was on the come up in 2019, right? Like everybody yeah. was starting a little candle business and a lashes business, right? Everybody was starting something. But I feel like COVID came and shut a whole lot of shit down. And mm-hmm. it really showed, I don't want to say who was called, but it really weeded out like who was really going to survive right. on their own without that nine to five versus who was going to get scared and go back to profiting. But I feel like 2022 is going to be another time where pe- it's like a revival of some sort. Like people are just going to be like trusting themselves, trusting, you know, their vision or whatever their mission is in life. Like they're going to feel a-, a strong pull to keep it going. So mm. that's what I see overall. Um, aside from that, I mean, <laughs> I think people are going to grow a little tired of um, government trying to, you know, right you know, Uncle Sam type energy. Like, there's going to be a lot of pushback. Like, nah, we ain't letting you play with us like this. So, the people are going to, like, kind of share one voice and give, like, a lot of pushback. Um, people tired of Uncle Tom Chow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listeners, what do you recommend to look for when it comes to choosing a midwife? Yeah, so whether it's a midwife, an OBGYN, any type of provider, I feel like you want someone who, okay, like if you came, if they came into the room, you want someone who you feel comfortable with asking questions, you know, you want someone who's like knowledgeable in the field, you want someone who you feel like listens to you, because I feel like a lot of providers will be like, okay, this is the plan. And it's like, no, that's not what you should say. It's like, Basically, what I'm trying to do is I give you all your options so that we can make an informed decision. Like, it's not a one-way street of, like, I'm making all the decisions for you. It's me helping you to pick a decision that's best for yourself. And so I feel like make sure your provider is, like, you know, somebody that you feel comfortable with, that you feel like gives you all your options, um, who doesn't, like, um, you know, make you feel bad for not picking a certain decision. Um, So I think those are good things and make sure they listen to you like I feel like the major thing about like you know maternal mortality and women you know more black women dying in birth is just not being listened to and not being heard so you want someone who is definitely going that you feel like is going to listen to you and you know have your best interest at heart so and that's where like you know sometimes doulas come in because they're advocates and they can help like you Mm -hmm. know which kind of questions to ask and it's ladies it's so important like if you have like if you're you know, pregnant, please take a childbirth class, like, so you can find out, like, what your, what your body's doing, like, I feel like that's why I went into the field, because a lot of people don't do it, or they're like, I, I'll just kind of figure it out, but it's like, you don't know anything that's going on, and you have to be an advocate for yourself and your body, so you have, I feel like our, you know, culture just needs more education, so it's mm. like, make sure you learn about it, research, like, go on Google, like, what things should I know about birth, or what things should I know about helping my baby, like, just don't go in there blind, you know? And trusting people. And with just the trust right people. Child. Like, yeah, like you want to be able to make decisions and things like that. So, mm-hmm. and if I'm not mistaken, you went to a conference, I guess it was sometime this year, about the mortality rate for black women, right? Did I go to a conference? Girl, I might have. I go to a lot no, of cause things. I re- <laughs> No, because I remember I listened to an episode, you was on an episode on a podcast, and you were just speaking about how pretty much how black women don't feel safe. 
childbirth birth and it was like one of the biggest conference in dc because the mortality rate was really high oh yes yes you're right so our mayor mayor um mario bowser she had a mm -hmm. um a conference in dc um because dc has one of like the highest maternal mortality rates and it was just a big conference of providers doctors That's like trying to come like come together to figure out like what's not working you know and you know it was just like back in the day it was just like oh it's because black people you know have health issues so obviously they're more likely to die or because they you know are living a social economics thing so they I mean I'm not gonna say that we don't have like you know, health issues, like, you know, there is a lot of obesity in, you know, the African-American community, but also, but that wasn't like the point because when like Beyonce and Serena came out and told about their experiences with birth and they're rich, like mm -hmm. millionaires, it showed that it's not just based on your social economic status or you having some type of health problem. It shows that because of their skin, they're treated differently. Serena blatantly said, she said that something was wrong with her and she was having trouble breathing and no one listened to her. And she really advocated for herself and she ended up having a blood clot that could have went to her lungs and killed her. Oh. So it's just like, if somebody that's rich and famous still has that problem, <laughs> it doesn't have right. to do with that. Like, so it's like, that's why it's so important to not be scared to speak up, you know? And so like, and that's what we can't, we're coming about, like to discuss, like, what can we do in our city to like, you know, help prevent this types, types of things from happening. So it, it just, it felt me and really important to other people that I didn't stay quiet. And actually, I mean, in addition to social media, because I started even using like Instagram as a place, as a platform, and my blog as a platform. Um, but even just in my own daily life, like I started changing the way that I dressed and like different religious communities have different rules. But in my community, we could sort of, within guidelines, choose what we wanted to wear. And I had been wearing a veil for most of my time in the convent. But then I just decided like, I wanted to own all of my cultural identity and part of that is my hair and mm -hmm. um and I even like I didn't realize how much of an impact that was going to make yeah. even for other people but and then you know like even for my students or when I started traveling and speaking and was at schools or even on zoom because then you know then we had to mostly move to zoom for things mm -hmm. and then I was speaking with schools that were predominantly African-American and like the all a lot of the little girls would comment on my hair and they just like love my hair or whatever and how much I realized that mattered to them that I was still a part of their world like their world was also mine and we were mm -hmm. in it together and that's that's why I started saying like this is something I I do need to continue talking about and and sharing about and um even in the context of religious life, you know, because like we said at the beginning, a lot of people assume that all sisters and nuns are white and mm -hmm. um, showing the world that, that we are also like not as diverse as, you know, maybe some places or some organizations, but we are still diverse. Like we're not, um, yeah, like we're not separate from the mix of this world. Like we're, we're part of it too. And I, yeah, I, it was scary because then it was like it left me open to um, negative comments. and Yeah, that's my next um, question. Yeah, yeah. 
but ironically it was i it was actually a place that i experienced privilege i feel like on a real level for the first time because i am a sister and so people wouldn't be really unkind because they're like well the sister so i'll like sort of speak my mind they're like i'm gonna tell her that i disagree but i'm gonna say it really nice do you feel like a lot of sex workers stick together um i mean i've gotten to see two sides of that i got introduced to the industry through sex trafficking so um, through the lenses of a person who's being trafficked, I would definitely say no, not at all. Uh, sex workers definitely don't stick together. But me being trafficked was only, you know, one year out of 10 of me being in the industry. Um, as I've gotten more mature and really just been able to be in a better position to network and meet more people, Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say that all sex workers stick together, but um, yeah, I, I think sex workers, for the most part, they do stick together. And you know, I had fog, foggy lenses going through being sex trafficked and being in the industry, but mm-hmm. even through being trafficked, meeting some of the sex workers who I did meet, um, those are like some of the best people that you'll like ever meet in your life. Um, right. They could just have met you and they'll give you like the last of their possessions to give you the shirt off their back. Mm. And I don't say that as some like cliche shit. Like I really went through experiences to know that they would look out for somebody who they didn't know like that. And that's, that's not everybody. Not even just Mm. in the industry. That's just not all people. A lot of people are selfish and you know, they don't really care what the next person's going through. Mm Mm-hmm. Now I thought this was funny. How is it that you're afraid of scary shit and spirits, but you don't? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I know. Honestly, I don't know, like for sure, for sure, why that's the case. But it's true, and I think it's just my personality type. Like, I'm a very like (laughs) I I have a lot of anxiety, and like I think I was a very anxious child, and it's just something about the the images like my body remembers like like I, I don't understand how people can go to a movie theater and sit there and watch a scary movie for two hours like oh you would a- hate me because I love <laughs> scary movies like anybody would tell you like if I want to relax like I literally watch scary movies every night to put me to sleep mm-hmm. I can't do it <laughs> and I can't I try like I Jurassic Park when I was a kid Jurassic Park scared the shit out of me it was so scary like <laughs> the images like the sounds like and my like I love movies and like I'll I'll anticipate what's going to happen and like thinking about what's happening or the stressful situation like um I think I think it's cortisol I think that the stress hormone like when it floods my body like (laughs) some people can just like like it'll go away they'll leave the theater and it goes away but it stays in my body like it'll stay there and my my mind will still be at that heightened sense of like that fight or flight feeling you know and it's a tenseness and then I'll try to sleep and like (laughs) my brain will just pull those images and my heart will be fluttering and it's like it is so hard for me to shake that cortisol and to shake that you know high level of stress so I just don't do it no I love (laughs) no I love uh dramas but like I can't 
I don't like bloody things. Like if I see people getting their heads chopped off or legs chopped off, like my brain will just replay that image. Like I can't like shut it off. And then like, why am I thinking about that? I can't turn off. So like, I just avoid it. And like, I don't like the dark. I got night lights. I sleep in the dark. Um, just like, you know, I don't know what it is. I think it's just because I think I'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist, but I think when we were younger, like, that's just a world that we lived in like my mom was always praying as demons like in the middle of the night yelling screaming so like I remember being <laughs> at night like just scared like oh my gosh like if I walk on the hallway a demon's gonna come into my soul you know things like that and like just being stressed about it and so just trying to like unlearn those things I feel like is is really is really a struggle yeah because then she tell you you was telling the story when you was a kid or something you want to go to the bathroom she'll be hurt before a demon, <laughs> demon gets yeah you listen i'm not even kidding like at her church like at my mom's first couple of churches they was they they feel like if they're praying against demons right like you have the congregation there like people are praying like any demon of sickness anybody here who's sick we're going to pray and they'll be praying pray fire in the name of you die 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 and they're praying the demons right so their their rationale was that like if we're praying out these demons they got to go into somebody's body. And so like, <laughs> if you're, if they see a, someone wandering around, they're going to enter your body. And so you have to be careful to like not leave the sanctuary because you never know, there might be a loose demon wandering around looking for a soul to infiltrate, you know? Um, so it's just scary. Like, I don't know, like living with that, you know, and even normal things, like if you sleep too long, right. Then it was like, oh, you have the spirit of whatever, you know, of sleepy. So everything was a spirit. Like, oh my gosh, am I okay? Am I all right? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I'm not going to lie because I'm from the South. That is so true, though. Because, like, if you sleep too long or you can't wake up, but you're, you can't move, but you up, they say the devil around your back. You ever heard that? Yeah. 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 No, I haven't heard. I hadn't heard of that specifically. But, like, yeah, I, 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 I like, understand the idea of, like, a lot, like, everything negative is caused by some kind of spirit. So, like, as a kid, like, <laughs> that's the world you live in where just like you know I'm constantly scared of spirits or things like that and also I think just naturally who I am like with my my own hormones or whatever like shaking that stress is harder for me for my body mm-hmm. yeah. now I would say between both books you really put an emphasis on pleasure being a source mm-hmm. of power why do you think so because if you think about how you feel when you are burnt mm-hmm. out, you have given everything you have to give to everybody else. You, I mean, you're at the point where you're just like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do anything else here. I am gonna lay here in the dark until I, I don't know, forget everything because you don't have right. the energy. You've given it to everybody else and you haven't turned any of that towards yourself. So when you are doing the things that you do for other people, for yourself, when you're feeding yourself well, when you're making sure you're comfortable, when you're making sure you're happy, you have the things you want, you have the things you need, mm-hmm. you, you know, are doing the things that you like to do, you're going to places you like to go, you're saying no, when you feel like saying no, like all of that right. is going to maintain and restore that energy that you're giving out to everybody else and to me that's your power that's your power to you know do the things that you want to do you can't I don't know write a book that you've been wanting to write if you spend all your energy elsewhere and don't have no energy left at the end of the day because it's gone you gave it away but if you're really taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. which is why I, I say that pleasure is radical self-care, it's censoring yourself 
putting yourself first, which is taboo, especially for women, especially for mm-hmm. black women, to say, nah, I, mm-hmm. I don't care who else is over here. This is about me. And mm-hmm. really putting that energy towards yourself. You can do anything. You got the energy to write that book. You got the energy to, you know, do those things, those dreams that come to your mind. You have the energy. So what are some common topics that you receive from clients? I know one thing I read was niggas be wanting to do incest conversations. I'm like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, um, I do have a couple of incest callers. Oh, do you, you engage know, in um, that? One guy. Oh, wow. I do. I charge a premium yeah. rate for that, too. Um, race play calls are kind of popular. Um, I'm not a huge fan of race play calls. So if I do engage, I definitely triple my mm-hmm. rates for that. So what do they be saying, um, like nigga I, and shit? Mm. Uh-huh. And I ain't necessarily with that. And I have to remind myself, bitch, you at work and you charging ten ninety nine right. per minute. Cause, like, Cause I remember I caught myself, who the fuck is she talking to? <laughs> he's like, bitch, he's talking to you. This is what he called. This right. is what he's paying for. Um, and I tell girls all the time, listen, if you know that it's not your thing, you know you cannot handle it don't do it um i know a lot of girls come into this industry because they're caught between a rock and a hard Mm -hmm. spot you know they have certain traumas and triggers that they're dealing with if you know something is going to set you off right don't do it and you even have young young girls coming to your store asking you for advice on how to start a business yes and that's that's one thing i can actually express emotion about because that's really my whole goal and that's what I wanted to do when I sat there and my mom told me about the beauty supply store I told her like you know I want to inspire young people and to see parents bringing their children and you know telling them like you know just bringing their children and their children being so excited just to see me and ask me questions is really the greatest greatest part about owning the store Mm -hmm. and that's the part that I can really cry about because it's like wow like, this wasn't my dream, but to see something I aspired to do come true in life is amazing. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know I would accomplish it this way. I thought just being a doctor in the future and someone seeing me as a doctor would help them. I didn't know that my voice would reach this far and help so many. So that's really the most, the greatest part about all of this. And you only just beginning. Facts. <laughs> Well, in your documentary, because I feel like we jumping all over the place, but y'all, her story is amazing. We're going to talk about your book later. <laughs> but um, in, your, in your documentary, you shared that your father, which you already spoke about, was very abusive towards your mother. And there was an incident when you stood up to your father to protect your mom, and he shot at you and your siblings. So in what ways did that affect you? Well, I... He, when he went to when he jumped on my mom, I was just tired. I had already made up in my mind that if he touched my mom again, I'm right. gonna jump on him. So I had already built this up throughout the week because y'all saw and, it so much and so yeah, yeah, and and so we did. I jumped on him and my brother. It was just me and mm-hmm. Javon, and so Javon's was about eight seven or eight or something like that and so he had him by the leg and stuff but I I was literally on his back just punching him and he slung us off 
and he went in his pocket. He always kept a pistol. He went in his pocket and he shot at us and we ran out the house. We had these huge pine trees in the yard and we literally stood up under them. He didn't know where we went because it was dark. And then finally we ran down to the neighbor's house. Um, and that to me made me feel like um, if my dad mm-hmm. would do that, if my dad would shoot at me, so would right. somebody else. And so I, I, and if my dad jump on my mom, maybe some man will try to jump on me and I'm not going to have that. So I started developing that mindset at a young age that I just not going to let no man mistreat me. You're not going to do me any kind of way. If anybody get done any kind of way, right. I'm going to do it to you. You're not definitely not going to do it to me. And I'm not going to be in love with nobody to the point that you can do anything mm-hmm. to me. I don't love right. me like that. And, uh, a, a big part, I know that, like, a big part of my tale is about owning, you know, your body and your sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, but a part of that has to do with, like, my own development and where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, um, for a while, I didn't feel like I did that. Um, my first sexual experience was rape mm-hmm. as a young child. And so I had, like, detached from my body in a way, mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways, and neglected it. And then when I started to be sexually active, I waited quite a while to do that. And I was just for the taking. I was really wrapped up in being a quote-unquote good girl mm. and being likable and pleasing a man and, you know, like, faking what, or, like, what people I, tell us to do when we being taught. Right. Right. Faking orgasms, like trying to get chose instead of experiencing pleasure for myself mm-hmm. and like not shying away from that. And so I'm really coming into that now. Um, unfortunately, you know, COVID. I know. We don't want, we don't want no COVID dick now. Right. I'm good, love. Enjoy. But, um, you know, I'm just, I, 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 I have always, and I've always somehow been very independent and very clear about who I was and my worth and my, and my value, but it, it often didn't translate into intimate relationships. Mm. Um, so now that it is translating, I'm like, Oh, y'all got me fucked up. Like I'm not, <laughs> into, I'm not into that from like high school and college. Like that's not who I am. Like I'm a grown ass woman. And I'm not, I will never tell anybody that I'm just not, it's, it's not yours. And I think that for me, that kind of verbiage is, um, that makes me uncomfortable. I'm not saying that other people shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I feel like when you, when we do engage in that kind of, um, that kind of language with folks mm-hmm. and with, with, with partners, men, women, non-binary, whatever, that you know, not everybody's adult enough to hear that and not and not use that power. Take it literally. You know, some people. Right. Yeah, some people they use their they don't use their powers for good. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to be able to be in a partnership where I felt safe enough that I you know where yeah you know I I don't feel like this person has feels ownership over me, but my my experience just hasn't been that. So I'm good. So what is the advice that you would give to those that really want to get surgery, but they're too afraid to get it done? 
I would say just do your research or consult with someone and just understand that this is something that is done all throughout the world, thousands of patients every single day. And if you're going to someone who is safe and reputable and you don't have any major health concerns, there's no reason why you should feel like this is something that is going to be life or death. Of course, everything has some type of risk associated with it. But when you are going to safe, reputable surgeons who are accredited and know what they're doing, it's not really a worry. And a lot of times people just need to hear that. And I'm like, listen, this doctor has never, ever had Mm. a death ever. And honestly, none of the doctors who I'm recommending to you are. So I've already done all that research for you. I've made sure that you are in safe hands. And unfortunately, because anything can happen on any day, my list do have to change and update. So there are doctors who unfortunately no longer are on my list. Like there's a doctor who I love down in Miami um, and a lot of mycobacterium infection cases came out of his clinic last year. So you cut, I, I can't recommend you for a solid year to 18 months without a single bacterial case. Like, um, and he is someone who is very, very well known down in Miami and is known as one of the, a very major popular doctor down there. But unfortunately you can't have several bacteria cases coming out. Like one, okay, something happened. Two, whoa, this is looking shaky. Three plus, nah, something's going on. Equipment's mm-hmm. not being properly sanitized. Something. It's happening and it's leading to a lot of flesh eating bacteria cases like no so yeah it's messy so I definitely have to update my list and make sure that I stay abreast of what's going on stay in these plastic surgery streets and on these blogs and in these groups making sure that I am always constantly lurking and looking for everything because of course if I was in these groups under my Mm -hmm. real name I would get blocked or I wouldn't even get accepted yeah, so I'm always lurking. I'm in like at least a hundred different plastic surgery groups, blogs, forums that I'm just reading all the time to see what's happening because a lot of these cases and botch cases never get publicized. Like a lot of these girls keep it in these little private groups and forums and things like that. So the average person is never right. going to know that it happened. So in what ways can someone play office politics so that it's beneficial to them in the long run? So office politics, and I think that what's true about office politics is that the only thing that people know about them is that they're bad. I hate mm-hmm. politics. You know, someone did something to me and I didn't like it. Politics, I don't have time. I did a live about this recently. I don't have time to play games. I don't play games, right? You know, this, this kind of <laughs> attitude that people have. And I'm like, you, you're not playing games, but you're playing yourself, right? Like you think that often, you only know about the bad side of office politics. All you know is about the lying and the sucking up and the rumors. And you think that that's what office politics is. You literally think that. You think that the only thing office politics is good for is for sucking up and for rumors and for lies and manipulation and for people trying to get to the top and position themselves and posture themselves in front of the boss. What you don't know is that there's a whole other side to office politics which looks like positioning yourself as a highly capable, high achieving professional who gets things done. Mm. There's a whole nother side to office politics, which will allow you to have your ideas taken seriously, which will allow you to influence the decisions that other people make in the office that will help you position yourself to a higher level of leadership and actually get get your contributions recognized by the organization. Right. But because you don't play games, quote unquote, or you don't got time to be in people face or whatever you whatever excuse you're using right now to not 
really engage in politics and not actually invest to learn how to use them in a meaningful way, you play yourself. Right. Mm. And so you only know the bad side. You think it's it, it and then and then you're mad because you're like, oh, so and so got a promotion over me and so they playing favorites. You're not playing at all. You're not even playing the game. You're not even in the game. Because mm. your ego, your ego has you so standoffish, so hurt, so you know, whatever that you are, won't even engage in the professional development that you need to learn how to use office politics to your advantage. So some of the things that happened to you would have broken a lot of people. What do you think motivates you to keep going? Because you've been through a lot of stuff. Honestly, God. Mm-hmm. Like, God, when I say God, like, he's been promising me from the beginning that he got me. And I didn't understand that at first, you know. Um, I didn't want to believe it because <laughs> I'm like, well, God, if you promised me, then why this happened to me? You know, why, why me? You know, mm-hmm. but he had to show me that I have a purpose. And I understand that a lot of people is stuck. And, I'm, and sometimes I'm kind of confused of why. Why be stuck unless you want to be stuck? But, you know, sometimes people don't know how to come out of stuff because they don't have that support. They don't have that love. They don't know who God is. They don't embrace Mother Nature, you know. Um, so I understand because there was one point where I was stuck. I was confused. And I thought maybe if I move from city to city, because that is something I did at a young age, I just kept moving, hoping that, you know, something will happen for me or eventually I'll change or, you know, stuff like that. So I understand, but get up, breathe, trust God, pray about it. You can get out of it. Mm-hmm. So now that you are an educator, what do you want people to take away from this lifestyle or from being a part of swingers? I I want people, what I really truly want is for people to not just think of swinging as an activity, mm-hmm. but as a window or a door to their life, to their journey, to their to their true selves. Like everything that happens in this lifestyle, the good, the bad and the ugly, use it to learn about yourself. Even if I was even if I had a husband, I would say this lifestyle journey has nothing to do with him. It's going to have everything to do with me because I know how I am. Like I'll give you I'll give a great example in the past, even in the beginning of my swinging I was highly insecure in relationships. So when I got with somebody, I didn't know how to be with them. You know what I mean? Like I was just afraid about everything. And what I had to learn was how do I become okay with sharing and being shared? So the best thing to do is just to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just to do it. And then don't react like don't react on him. It's got to it's all got to be about me. This is the most selfish journey I'm going to be on because I need to learn about myself. I need to learn that when I have those feelings pop up, why am I having them? Mm-hmm. Why is it there? It's always about learning about myself. Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like that? Even now, And even outside of being in a relationship, like if I go to someone else's event and I feel like, 
oh, they did that better than I did. You know what I mean? I need to I, I ask myself questions. Why do I feel like that? You know what I mean? Why do I, why do I do this or why do I do that? And then I try to heal whatever it is that, that's going on with me. I feel like when you became a part of this lifestyle, it really made you deep, 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 <laughs> deep. No, 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 no yeah. which is a good thing. Yes. It makes you think, it made you insecure. It made you really dig deep and find out the why and the root of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And once I start figuring, figuring out myself, now I'm soaring, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I'm like, I can, I can become and get in a relationship today. And when we go to a party, that man has zero rules. Mm -hmm. He has zero rules. You go do what you, what you got to do. Come back when you're ready, you know, to hook back up or whatever, you know, I go have fun because Mm -hmm. my, my fun is not also me doing my thing, but watching you be happy. I'm just curious, what do you want your legacy to be? I want my legacy to leave a place on this earth that shows who I was as a person Mm -hmm. and what this world can do better of and that's letting people express themselves in their way shape or form with more support and um i'd say humbleness um Mm -hmm. and telling my story because I have different stories that all add up to mine. And I think eventually telling my story of how I overcame losing myself mm-hmm. and how I came back and how I lost myself again and how I came back. And I want my legacy to be Letting people know that in your hardest times, that is what your strength is going to make or break you. And to always just know that no matter what, if you feel alone, you always have yourself and you can do it. It doesn't matter who you are, what you have, where you came from, or you know, what you've done, as long as you keep going and keep getting better at whatever you want to do, that's just what I want to inspire others to do. And also just being a a person, a person of whether it's mistakes, a person of um, just things that make you you. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be great. And just not judging people for what they've been through. You don't know why they had to do what they do Mm -hmm. or that's a fact so I think just being more 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 realizing that we are all human and we all make a way for ourselves the way that we know how to because everybody's not brought up the same way everybody doesn't have what everybody else have everybody's not taught what people are taught Uh, Mm -hmm. me and my husband had very different upbringings and different lifestyles and and we made 
an amazing kid and he's going to be our legacy. So it's just being yourself and getting back up, not just one time. It's okay if you fall a bunch of times. Just get back up and keep going mm-hmm. and never give up. I hope that y'all really enjoy the recap of 2021. I mean, it could have been way longer. So y'all have to go through and listen to the episodes. But I really do hope that the Professional Homegirl podcast remind you that tough times don't last, but professional homegirls do. As always, thank y'all so much for supporting the kid. And Happy New Year. Until next time, everyone. Later. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.